Hello and welcome back to the Biblical Principles Podcast. Thank you so much for allowing me an opportunity to be a part of your life as we grow together spiritually. If you have your Bible, you can find your place there in the book of 1 Timothy, chapter number 3. The book of 1 Timothy, chapter number 3. I do want to begin a study this evening on the the qualifications of the pastor, or you could just title it the pastor. And uh, what we're going to do is we're going to begin there in 1 Timothy chapter 3, and I want to read verses 1 through verse 7, and then we'll go back and kind of expound them a little bit. The Bible says, This is a true saying, If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, of good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach, not given to wine, no striker, not greedy of filthy lucre, but patient, not a brawler, not covetous, one that ruleth well his own house, having his children in subjection with all gravity. For if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? Not a novice, lest being lifted up with pride, he fall into the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must have a good report of them which are without, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. I just wanted to give you the, the Bible qualifications for the, for the pastor. And by pastor, I mean the one who's leading the church. That's the, the word bishop. Is a, it means overseer by definition. And in 2021, that's what we would call the pastor, is the overseer. He is really, he is really the one who is in charge of the church, of course, he he is led by the Lord Jesus Christ, but he is not to be subject to a deacon board or to a group of men, but he is actually the overseer of the church. And like I said, that's the definition of a bishop. The Bible says in verse number one, it says, This is a true saying, if a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. So the first thing that we need to realize about the work of the pastor is that it is a good work. And I also want you to realize something here in verse number one that's extremely important. The Bible says, if a man desire the office of a bishop, meaning very simply, this man has a desire to be a pastor. This man has a desire to lead the church. The reason God put this in his Bible was because he realized that there would be men who would have a desire to be a pastor but they would not meet the qualifications of a pastor. In order to be a pastor, you need to meet these qualifications. God did not just put them in here to take up time and space in his word, but he actually was saying, hey, if a man is going to be a pastor, if he's going to be a leader of a church, he has certain qualifications that he needs to be able to abide by. And if he doesn't have these qualifications, then he's not qualified to be a pastor. That doesn't mean that he still can't do a work for God or he still can't be used of God. And no doubt, he could, he could be a great prayer warrior or a student of the Word of God. But if he does not meet these qualifications, he cannot be a pastor. Also, you'll notice that the Bible says in verse number one, if a man, meaning very simply that the, the pastor is to be a man, he is not to be a woman, Unfortunately, in the day and age we live in, that has to be clarified. But according to the Word of God, it says, If a man desire the office of a bishop, 
So as we get into this in verse number two, the Bible says a bishop then must be blameless. Now, of course, the word bishop means overseer, but the word blameless means contradict or to speak against, meaning very simply a bishop has a, or, a, or a pastor has a good testimony. His, his words don't contradict what he's saying he is. His lifestyle does not contradict what he's saying he is. His business dealings do not contradict what he says they, that he is, but he is blameless. That does not just mean in the church, but it also means as he deals day in and day out with people who are in the world. Then the Bible says in verse number two, the husband of one wife. Here again, we will deal with the point that the Bible is very clear that he is to be a man because he's the husband of one wife. But also, he's only supposed to have one wife. Now, I've heard that that's said that just one at a time or one living wife. No, it means one wife. If he's had more than one wife, he is not qualified to be a pastor. He, is, he, he does not meet the qualifications for a pastor. Why? Because he's had more than one living wife. Meaning very simply, if he is divorced and his first wife is still alive, he cannot be a pastor. The only way that he can continue to be a pastor if he has a second wife is if that first wife was to die and go to be with the Lord then he would be under no obligation. He would be able to remarry freely who he chooses in the Lord, but then he would still only have one living wife. Then the Bible says vigilant. The word vigilant means keeping careful watch for danger. A pastor is an under-shepherd. He is to watch. He is to observe. He is to be able to pay attention to what's going on in the church. That's how he knows what to preach on. But notice the word vigilant, the definition says keeping careful watch. He's supposed to be very careful not to let anything into the church that could endanger the members of the church. A lot of times some pastors are seen as preaching hard or they're difficult when they're in the pulpit. The reason that they're like that is because they do not they do not want to allow sin to get into their congregation and ruin it. Their desire is that the congregation be blameless. Their desire is the congregation would be used of God. And in order to do that, the pastor has to keep a careful watch for danger. Then the Bible says sober. That word sober means serious-minded. He's very serious-minded about serving God. It's not a game. It's not a joke. It's not just something he does because he couldn't find anything else to do. And could I say here that a lot of pastors, a lot of pastors are very capable of making it in another business endeavor other than pastoring. Several of the pastors that I know could have made better money working in the secular world than they do being a pastor. But their desire is to help people. So they traded that wealth of a dollar for the eternal rewards that would be received because they decided that they wanted to follow God and help his people. The Bible says, of good behavior. That word behavior defines as this, orderly. And then it says, modest, or a decoration. The pastor is to have a certain dress standard, and he's to have a certain lifestyle standard. If you notice, 
That word decoration for behavior means that he's looking as good as he possibly can. And I'm not against a man who takes his suit coat off to preach. And I understand in certain situations that it's possible that finances do not allow for the man to dress as nice as he could dress, but he needs to wear his very best when he is in the position of being the pastor. Why? Because he's supposed to be orderly. He's supposed to he's supposed to be modest in his position because that's one of the qualifications, good behavior. Then the Bible says, given to hospitality. This that word hospitality means fond of guests. He entertains strangers. He's friendly. You you don't want a pastor who's not friendly. You want a pastor who's very open. I, I would I would be very hesitant to join a church where the pastor would not be willing to sit down and just answer a few doctrinal questions. If he's if he's so shut up that you can't even talk to him, he's not hospitable. Hospitable means he's fond of guests. He entertains strangers. He's friendly. And then the Bible says apt to teach. And this word apt to teach is not just talking about instructing in the deeper things of God, but it's instructing at all levels. The pastor should be able to take a young person in a Sunday school class and deal with them and help them just as well as take a man who's been saved 20 or 30 years and help them with the Word of God. Why? Because he's apt to teach. Verse number three, not given to wine. The, the pastor's not to be drinking. You say, well, I don't, I don't understand that. I, it's not up to us to understand it. It's up to us to follow the Word of God and realize that God gives certain qualifications for his man if he's going to be a pastor. Just because he desires the work does not mean he's qualified for the work. And the Bible's very clear. He's not given to wine. He's not to partake of strong drink. He's not to, to be involved in the alcoholic scene. Why? Because he's a man of God. He desires to be a pastor. Then the Bible says no striker. That word striker means a smiter or quarrelsome or just argumentative. A man that's just argumentative, there is no reason that he should be a pastor. And there's no reason if he's a striker that he should be a pastor. Now, of course, that's not talking about if you have to defend your family or something like that, but it's talking about be a serious-minded man who's able to solve problems without getting physical with somebody. It's the word striker means quarrelsome. Then the Bible says, not greedy of filthy lucre. Of course, that's money. He's not doing it for money. The, the man is not desirous to be a pastor just to make a good living. However, I, I do believe that the Bible teaches that you should take care of the pastor. He shouldn't have a bunch of needs. If the church is financially capable of taking care of the pastor, they should pay him a full-time salary that meets his needs. Not that he has to have brand new things, but he should have nice things if the church is capable of taking care of him. The Bible says, but patient. Of course, the word patient doesn't need any definition at all. It just means he's patient. Not a brawler. Now, a brawler the word means not peaceable or snappy. 
You don't want a pastor who can't control himself when you ask him a question, or he can't control himself when he's dealing with sinners, or he can't control himself in and out of everyday life. The qualifications are very serious, and the Bible says he's not a brawler, not covetousness. That means he's wanting everything under the sun. Like I said, there's nothing wrong if the church is financially capable of taking care of the man, of him having nice things and his wife having nice things and his children having nice things. But he should not be walking around all the time thinking about the next thing that he's going to obtain because his desire should be to help the saints of God. Then verse number four, one that ruleth well his own house, having his children in subjection with all gravity. And verse number five is going to be your commentary for verse number four. The reason that the man has to rule his own house well, and that doesn't mean that he walks around striking fear into his wife and in his children, but that they respect his position and they follow him. Verse number five is your commentary. For if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? What that saying is that if that man who is desirous to be a pastor, has a house that's a mess, if he has children who are unruly, if he has a wife that's hard to get along with, the same mess that his house is in is the same mess the church will be in. If you cannot, if you cannot, as a man, lead your wife and children and lead them right, there is no reason for you to desire the office of a pastor. Why? because there's no reason to bring reproach upon the name of Christ. Verse number six, not a novice. What's a novice? That's a young Christian. And this is why he can't be a novice. Lest being lifted up with pride, he fall into the condemnation of the devil. What happens a lot of times, if a man is too young in the Lord and he's not capable of dealing with being a pastor, He ends up compromising not just what the Bible teaches, but what he believes. And this could be in the worst sense, or it could be in the best sense, meaning very simply, he could just compromise so he could get more people in, or he could end up full of pride because he really is a good preacher, and his people tell him how great he is, and then he ends up changing the direction that he started in because he loves to hear how great he is. A pastor's not designed, a pastor is not designed to make everybody happy all the time. A pastor is to preach the Word of God, instruct the saints, and be able to help the sinner to see his need for God. Verse number seven, moreover, and this is very clear, moreover means over everything else that's been said. Moreover, he must have a good report of them which are without lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. Now, that word, them which are without, is talking about people who are not in the church, those people of the community, those people on his job site, those people who he has interacted interacted with daily. If they say that this man is a crook, or they say that this man's not right, or they say this man's a cheater or a liar, He has no business being a pastor. Those are the qualifications that God lays out in his word for a man of God. If you've got your Bible, you can flip over to the book of Titus chapter 1.
Titus chapter 1, and we'll begin reading in verses verse number 5, and we'll read all the way down through verse number 9. This is kind of your mirror verse for the qualifications of the pastor. The Bible says in verse number 5, For this cause left I thee in Crete, that thou shouldest set in order the things that are wanting, and ordain elders in every city as I had appointed thee. If any be blameless, the husband of one wife, having faithful children, not accused of riot or unruly. For a bishop must be blameless as the steward of God, not self-willed, not soon angry, not given to wine, no striker, not given to filthy lucre, but a lover of hospitality, a lover of good men, sober, just, holy, temperate, holding fast the faithful word as he hath been taught, that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. If you want to go back later on your own time and look at those words, they basically run just a mirror image with the, the other verses that we read there in Timothy. And then I want you to read you a, a verse out of the book of Acts chapter 20 and verse number 28. The book of Acts chapter 20 and verse number 28. This would be the instruction for a pastor. This is what the Bible says. Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. It's a very high responsibility to be a pastor. You'll stand accountable to God for being a pastor. But God tells us here that the pastor is supposed to take heed therefore unto yourselves. He's supposed to watch out for himself and make sure he stays spiritual. He's supposed to watch out for himself and make sure that he's reading his Bible and he's praying and these qualifications line up in his life. And then the Bible says, and to all the flock, everybody in his church, he needs to take heed to. He needs to pay attention to. He needs to help with the word of God. And this is why over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers. The Holy Ghost, God the Father, God the Son, put that man in this position to watch over his church and help them, instruct them in the Word of God. What's he doing while he's at the church? To feed the church of God. The main duty of a pastor, and I know a lot of people would probably disagree with this, the main duty of a pastor is not to win sinners. That is, that is part of being a pastor. But the main duty of the pastor is to feed the church. That 12-year-old boy that's in that Sunday school class who needs to hear the Word of God, the pastor's supposed to feed him the Word of God. That 32-year-old woman who's got physical problems, who's struggling, the pastor needs to feed them the Word of God. That older saint that's grown gray hair and has been a good ways down the trail and is hurting, the pastor is to take care of them and feed them the Word of God. And look at the price that Christ puts on His church, which He hath purchased with His own blood. Jesus Christ purchased that church with His own blood so that that pastor could help His church. And then let's look at 1 Peter chapter 5 and verses 1 through 4 quickly, and we'll see the reward of the pastor. 1 Timothy or I'm sorry, 1 Peter chapter 5 and verses 1 through 4. The elders which are among you I exhort, 
whom am also an elder and a witness of the suffering of Christ and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucres, but of a ready mind, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, you shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. There's a reward for being a pastor. There's a, there's a special crown. It's called the crown of glory that he'll receive. If he meets these qualifications and follows the Lord until the end of the trail, the Lord will reward him for his faithful service to help his church and to help sinners and to do the will of God. And they're, they're really, in the day and age we live in, there's not a whole lot of pastors out there who meet the qualification. There's not a whole lot of men who really their heart's desire is to help people. And could I say to you, if you have one of those men that's your pastor, you need to realize that he loves you and he loves your family and he wants the best for you. And he wants you to serve God and he wants me to serve God. And he wants us to do the will of God. His main desire is not for himself, but it's for us. Why? Because he's the pastor, and that's his desire, is to help the saints of God. I want to thank you again for joining us for the Biblical Principles Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or concern, you can forward them over to us by email, biblicalprinciples at juno.com. That's all lowercase letters, biblicalprinciples at juno.com. Thank you, and have a wonderful evening.